Hi, welcome to week eight of Rain and Rest. My name is Jenny Donnelly. We are still in the Lord's Prayer, and I'm super pumped about this portion of Scripture because it can be an absolute assignment and a moment of major freedom. So stick with me for the next couple minutes. Let's talk about this stretch of Scripture, and this is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Wow. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to point out that this portion of scripture is followed by what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about being forgiven of our sins and also forgiving other people. I believe that this is strategically placed right before we are not led into temptation and please, Lord, deliver us from the evil one, because I believe that the evil one has access to our hearts when we are wounded, mainly from the offense that we carry from what other people may have done to us. Okay, so follow me just for a minute. How does the evil one have access to us? Well, if he didn't have access to us, then... Jesus might have left this out of the prayer, but he didn't. He included it. He said, lead us not into temptation. Remember, this is Jesus's prayer. The disciples asked, how should we pray? And he said, here it is. And he gave them a template. He gave them a prayer and it included, lead us not into temptation, the temptation to sin, to fall into the trap of sin, but deliver us from the evil one, deliver us from the clutches of the evil one, deliver us from the hand, from the temptation, from the influence of the evil one. So apparently there is a problem here. The evil one can have access to us. So we have to pray. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But how is the evil one able to access us? There's a question, right? I want you to think about a house where maybe you've seen a mouse in your house. I have. I mean, I'm talking a brand new house that we lived in a couple years ago. Brand new, the first owners. And what is a mouse doing running across the kitchen at two o'clock in the morning? I'm like, what? I do not like rodents at all. Like, not at all, okay? So I'm thinking, how did that get in? Well, obviously there's a crack somewhere. There's a space for that little guy that I don't think is very cute. People are like, mice are cute. They're not cute. They're not cute, okay? They run through the little cracks in the house and somehow they get in. So when this portion of scripture says delivers from the evil one, I want you to think about just the demonic assignment of not necessarily Satan himself, but the demons that work for Satan, okay? And I would love to tell you that demons are not real. I would love to tell you that this is all Disney fairy tale. Oh, there's, there's only angels. They're just not demons. Well, that's not biblical. Okay, what is biblical, what God shares with us is that there are demons and angels in the airways and God is fighting for us and protecting us and battling for us. And so are the angels who minister to us. There are also demons who have assignments to discourage us, to bring us illness, to do all sorts of things to ruin our destiny in Christ Jesus. So how can we secure the parts of us that have open cracks for these demons to have access to us? Well, I believe 
that the Lord's Prayer already told us in last week's Reign and Rest, which was, and if you didn't see it, please go back to that one, week seven, which was, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. You see what happens when somebody sins against us. It could be maybe something that was very difficult to live with growing up with a parent or a grandparent or a sibling did something to you or maybe you had a friend that turned on you in elementary school and there's some kind of wound that is very sad and Jesus has tons of compassion for it but it's some type of wound that may have never healed. Maybe it was a wound that keeps getting picked at. Maybe it started to heal and then something happened in your marriage that that wound from 13 years old is now being picked at. And in your marriage, you're like, wait a minute, I am feeling rejected. I'm feeling abandoned. I'm feeling neglected. And you kind of don't know where it comes from except for that wound is being picked at. And so I want you to see the wound as the crack in the house, this house, the house that you live in, the house that I live in, that wound leaves a space for the demons who have been assigned to us to do all the things I mentioned, the discouragement, the addictions, all those things. And the wound is that gaping open hole. That is the opposite of wholeness. And what Jesus came to do is he came to set us free. He came to overcome the works of Satan, destroy the works of Satan. And he did that through his death and resurrection on the cross. He died and resurrected for your wholeness, for my wholeness. Wholeness means the cracks are sealed up. The wound has been healed and sealed up. But what I know from just being in ministry for a long time and just being a human for a long time is that the things that we've experienced with other people that have really deeply hurt us, those are the wounds that the evil one uses to come in and in that wound, I want you to see a wound as just like, a, like an open space where wholeness does not exist, but there's a fracture. And in that wound, the lie of the enemy gets embedded. It's almost like a little pot with soil that that wound gets to get planted planted, excuse me, the lie gets planted in that wound and then the lie takes root and it begins to grow into a paradigm, into a stronghold. And now we believe things that are absolutely not true about ourselves, about other people, about our destiny, about God, about our past, about our abilities. And what can arise out of that? All sorts of things can come from that lie that takes root from that wound. And all of a sudden we are bearing fruit of insecurity, addictions, anxiety, depression, those types of things. So what can we do? What can we do in this prayer? We're first of all, we're just coming to God, realizing and recognizing that I'm a target of the enemy. He doesn't want me to use my voice. He doesn't want me to love other people. He wants me to feel like I'm a victim of my life. He wants me to rehearse, nurse, and curse my history, my story, my testimony. He wants me to feel insecure about my presence. He wants me to feel ugly and um, unwanted so that I will hide from the world. And that is how the evil one gets us 
to come away from people so that we cannot affect them with the love of Christ. And so when this passage of scripture says, okay, lead me not into temptation. I believe there's all sorts of temptations, but I believe here because of what was previously stated about forgiveness, that this temptation would be, I am tempted to feel wounded, feel rejected, feel hurt, feel handicapped, feel like I got the short straw. I got the short end of the stick. God doesn't see me. He sees them. He sees them. He's blessing them, but he does not see me. He overlooks me. I could go on all day about those things, but we must forgive the people in our past who have hurt us or currently. Maybe there's someone in your life right now that there's just kind of like this continual, like stepping on your toe, kicking your shin. And there's got to be number one, a boundary of love. Let's make sure that we're not just, you know, laying down like a rug and letting people just run over us. But there's got to be a boundary of love where we can love people and we can um, create boundaries that are full of love. Love is very offensive. It is not a lay down, run over me love. Love is very um, authoritative. Okay. And when we love others who have hurt us, when we love ourselves, even for the stupid things that we have done, the bad decisions we've made, the rebellion that's been in our heart, and we let ourselves off the hook. We let dad off the hook. We let mom off the hook. We let sister off the hook. And when I say hook, I am talking about the hook that creates the wound. So the wound opens because of the hook and we forgive and we allow that forgiveness to that hook to slip out of our hearts. And then it is this Forgiveness has taken place in the Lord's prayer. And now here we are, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Meaning, God, I choose through forgiveness, through repentance, my own repentance, my apologies to other people, and through my humility, I choose to allow myself to heal in these areas through forgiveness. I cannot think of a greater fracture that is made in us than being offended. It's the big one, everybody. It's the big one. Being offended is not just one of many wounds. It's the big one. Okay. So this is where we have to say, I choose not to be tempted to rehearse what that person did. I choose not to go and talk about it with my best friend over and over again. I choose to allow the wound to heal and not to pick at it anymore. And I choose to identify the lie that has been embedded here, that plant that I spoke about. I choose to look at that lie and say, what is that lie saying? That lie is saying, you're just like your mother. Your children aren't gonna wanna be with you. You're just like you didn't wanna be with your mom. Your children are going to despise you when they grow up too. I mean, I feel like I'm saying that prophetically to somebody right now. There's some kind of lie and it's always rooted in fear. You know, it's a lie when the fear is the nourishment of that plant. If fear is keeping it alive and fear is keeping it active in your life, then you know, it is not of God. And so we forgive, we forgive that'll uproot a lie faster than anything else. 
And then we repent. We repent for believing the lie. We repent for cooperating it with it. We, we repent for agreeing with it. And this is what I want you to do today. And I'm going to pray for us. I want you to just do a little bit of soul searching right now with the Holy Spirit. Okay, don't do this without the Holy Spirit. It's crazy when we don't bring the Holy Spirit in these conversations. We don't know north from south in this stuff. But when we bring the Holy Spirit into some soul searching and we just say, is there a lie that I'm believing that is keeping me from all of your love, from receiving all of your love? Is there a wound that is the soil for a lie and I'm eating the fruit I'm eating the bad fruit of a lie. Is there something like that in my life right now, Holy Spirit? Why don't you just ask him right now really quick. I'll just give you a couple seconds. And now what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? That lie has probably taken root in a place of great hurt by somebody in your life, maybe even yourself? Is there somebody I need to forgive, Holy Spirit? And now what I want you to do, this is gonna take great courage. I want you to say, Lord, lead me out of the temptation to hold that person hostage in my heart. Just lead me out. And I want you to see the Holy Spirit take your hand and walk you out of a temptation, the carrot dangling by the enemy in front of you that says, come on, come eat the bitter fruit. Come eat the pain of your past. Come eat the story of how you were abused and you were neglected. Come eat that story. Let's talk about that again. And you lead your, you, you take the hand of Jesus. Let him lead you out of temptation and deliver you from the evil one because the evil one just wants to plant more lies that become the strongholds, that become the path of darkness in our life. So there you have it. I hope that this leads you into some reflective prayer today, some time with the Holy Spirit that you can say, Holy Spirit, what is the truth? What is the truth? You've identified the lie, but what is the truth? Why don't you go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit? We'll see you next week.